2080 Baseball Podcast, another week here. Travis Krenz, Evan Hendershot with you. iTunes, got podcast.com, Twitter account as well, at 2080, uh, 20 underscore 80 podcast. You can follow us right there. Our dozens of followers You can <laughs> add your name to that list. Uh, it's been a, a little over a week trying to do a weekly thing, but uh, busy stuff. Life got in the way of the baseball. Yep, we... Uh... We have other things, other jobs, other things. So we're gonna make this kind of a combined show. We got Memorial Day next week, so we could do a show like Monday, Tuesday. It'd only be like you know four days, so we're gonna kind of do a combined show and then be back uh, that uh, first weekend of June coming up here. Uh, lots of baseball stuff uh, to get going. I want to start with a quote. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you probably saw this. I want your reaction to this quote and uh, who said it. This guy said. I'd rather be 8-0 with no punch-outs, honestly. Peripheral stats don't matter in this game. I know people love to crunch the numbers and talk about this and that. They're flashy, they're cool, but at the end of the day, end of the day they do not matter. They really don't. Other than your win-and-loss record for your team, every other stat doesn't matter. Well, I'm going to guess it's Burt Blylevin. No. Nope. No? <laughs> okay, I well. I think you'll be surprised at who it was. I was. I guess... Reaction to the quote. Okay. Well, win-loss on the whole doesn't matter, but I, I guess... Ultimately, a, it's about do, do you win the game or lose the game. I assume that's what the point of the quote is, and if that is the case, sure. Um, for the team, that's all that matters. But then again, these are players who are trying to make money that can last them the rest of their lives and maybe the rest of their family's lives. Uh, so they need to be doing things like striking guys out and uh, limiting their walks and limiting their home runs and getting um, weak contact and that kind of thing. Doing things that will uh, win games, basically. Right. I mean, yeah, if you... You have a better likelihood of, of if you have weak contact... Uh, strikeouts, you have a better chance of winning games than if you don't strike anybody out and have hard hit balls. Yeah, and it's a good way to f- determine who's actually good and who's lucky um, or that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I can understand where somebody like this is coming from as far as uh, the, the casual fan. Uh, they don't care. They just care about if their team wins or loses that week or day. Um, so I guess I understand where that from from that perspective but if you're looking at it as a hardcore fan and you really want to know uh you know what makes what makes a good player and uh who who maybe would be a better fit for your team and this especially comes into play in the offseason when teams are doling out millions of dollars and um it helps you find players who are actually good rather than players who have good numbers and whose performance may be sustainable in future years when they're with your team and they're maybe not uh not sustainable uh, because, you know, they get lucky. Yeah, there's immense value to these statistics, and there's a reason all front offices, um, now that the Twins have, have jumped on board, and uh, I, I assume the Rockies probably have too, but uh, n- now that everyone's on board with this uh, approach, the analytical approach, um, you can tell there's a reason for it, and you can tell it's benefiting virtually every single team. Uh, so um, saying that is, is probably... Um, ignorant in the long term but i can see in the short term all you care about that singular day is that you win that day but i mean if you 
it's it, it's a strange it's a strange thing to say. Who said it? A play a current player said this. Oof, I'm going to say Brandon current, Phillips. Current pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. Okay. A very good pitcher. Chris Sale. Chris Sale yeah, said this. That feels like a Chris Sale. He doesn't he, care that he's the best pitcher in the world right now. He um. He seems odd. Ever since his whole uh, jersey ripping debacle and uh, the way he was siding with uh, the LaRoche family with the whole um, kid in the clubhouse, dugout, whatever thing, uh, Chris Sale has not necessarily um, been a likable player from the uh, diehard fans' perspective, I think. So I could see him saying that and... um, you know what? Maybe that's why he got a little rinky-dink piddly contract that sucks mm. because he doesn't understand, you know. He should probably be making about three times as what he is making. Yeah, so I, you know what? If if all he Poor cares choice. about is winning baseball games, good for him. But if he cares about making money and securing his family's future, um, maybe it would have been beneficial for him to understand uh, this kind of thing. Um, if you're the Red Sox or the White Sox who signed him to that awful contract – off players from the players perspective um you're loving it uh and he's you know he's signing for cheap and he's winning games which is what you're supposed to do uh, not necessarily racking up wins but he's winning games so because um, the, the problem with when he was with chicago is he just didn't get any run support he was pitching fine he could have won 20 games but they wouldn't score runs for him mm-hmm. and uh they traded him to boston and boston uh hasn't exactly lit the world on fire but uh He's picked up plenty of wins this season. Five and two with a 2.34 ERA, 101 strikeouts and 73 innings. Um, he would win the Cy Young right now. And um, something I touched on, he's on pace for right around 300 strikeouts. Oof. I don't know if is he still after last night. Six Ks and seven and a third, I think it was last night. Let's say uh, 73 innings. So let's times this. He's at 10 starts. So we can times this by three. 30 starts, uh, 70 times 3, 210, 220 innings, uh, 303 strikeouts would be exact. I don't think he'll get there. I think he'll be around 285, 290. But uh, 300 strikeouts, something really isn't uh, maybe talked about as much but as far as like a milestone to keep track uh, during the season because I don't think anybody's going to hit uh, 60 home runs or anything like that. So 300 strikeouts, it's only been done by 15 guys. Very, very rare. Um, I think, no, I'm not totally certain, but I think those 15 guys have done it 65 times. Yeah, there's been a multiple guys. Kershaw so, did it a couple years ago. Pedro, Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson. Nolan Ryan had most of them. Um, yeah, Schilling. Jo- those were them. the three, Schilling, Pedro, Randy Johnson. They were about a five-year stretch where they racked up a bunch and of them. Kershaw barely beat it. Um, I don't know if my math was right when I tried to put this together real quick, but I assume... So over his first five full seasons as a starter only, he averaged 203 innings. So let's say he keeps that pace up, misses two starts or something. Um, he'd be at 130 more innings, barring an injury um, or a big injury. If he strikes out 10 per nine like he did over his first five seasons, which would be lower than what he's at now, uh, 12 and a half now, um, he'd be closer to 255. His career high is 274 two years ago. He did that in 208 yeah. innings. So, I mean, I just I don't I don't see this even remotely doable in my opinion. He would really have to turn it on and 
Um, if he can have another streak of six, seven, eight games of thing. 10Ks. If he can do that. And he's got a chance. If he, if he can maintain what he's at as far as, uh, you know, the 12 and a half strikeouts per nine, yeah, he's probably going to be very close and might get there. He's more likely to settle in at like 275, 280 um, if he kind of falls back to 11.5, 11.8, which is his career high uh, strikeouts per nine as a starter. Um, so I assume he's going to fall back a little bit as far as that's concerned. Um and especially if he doesn't care about getting strikeouts, um, although that is the best outcome as a pitcher. Don't put the ball in play, but he doesn't care about that. Um, it seems outrageous, right? 300? 226 innings last year, a career high. So if he gets up to that 220 mark, I think he's going to, like I said, in the 280s, I think he's going to be be right there, maybe be a, a start or, or two shy of that. But I think... Uh, 280 i think would be in the mix it's going to be close and there's always a chance boston uh entering the playoffs uh has a sort of um, scheduling conflict where they need to try to get short Chris rest Sale or something to, well they well i think it might be that they try or to get sale to start on the wild card game so you're gonna maybe have him miss that one final start that gets him like five k's it gets him over because okay. kershaw had what 301 yep so i mean and Kershaw is undoubtedly better than Chris Sale. Um, so I think it's very difficult. Now, is he going to probably win the Cy Young at this pace? Yes. Is he the best pitcher in the American League? Yes. How dare you disrespect Irv Santana like that? Well, I think, How dare you? I think the only other legitimate uh, contender is Dallas Keuchel at this point. I don't think Santana is going to maintain it. Um, uh, How many two-hit shutouts does he need? Well, he needs to do it over yeah. a long period of time. And it's he like, doesn't, he doesn't it's like how Jason Vargas out, so. was doing with the uh, yeah, Royals. Was... Like he was just pitching well, and then he hit the Yankees twice. Whoops. And then you're like, oh, this guy is just, you know. What he's always been. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just don't see Sale hitting 300. I was looking, trying to find somebody who, who could have hit 300, maybe, of the active players. I didn't really see anyone other than Kershaw. I was thinking maybe Jose Fernandez would have what's, been. What's uh, Scherzer? What's uh, what's he got going on? He was close. Um, One I year? think he had one that was. I think last year even was was quite high. Um, and you'd expect with all these strikeout numbers increasing the way they are, you would expect maybe there'd be a guy or two to do this. It's only happened once in like fifteen years. Strikeout numbers are increasing, but usage is down. They're not. Yeah, they're not uh, pitching as many innings. So yeah, Scherzer was at 284 last year, and to me, that seemed like a uh, that seemed like he's going to top out at that. You know, it seems like he can't get higher than that. He was his age 31 season, mm-hmm. so he is probably in peak form. Um, I don't. I don't see him doing. He's also though his case for nine are up, so maybe he he can get there too. He's at 76 Ks, which um, might actually be. And be 25 less than Sale. Is he leading the NL, though, I guess is what I'm sure is. I don't know. He might be leading the NL, but um, I don't see anyone in the National League coming anywhere close, which is weird because you'd think they would get more with uh, pitchers and pinch hitters. You would think, yeah. But, um, yeah, I would assume he's leading the National League in strikeouts right now. Because Kershaw's... No, Greinke, 78. There you go. Um, but yeah, sales good. I think Fernandez is like the only other guy that could have probably really made a real run for it, but he is not, um, pitching this year. I don't know if you've heard. Is that right? 
but uh, yeah, so that right? So uh, I I just don't see it. The sixty day. Yeah, maybe sixty day. Maybe. Do you think? Um, do you think sales gonna get it? Three hundred. Yeah. I guess about be two eighties. Probably like what Scherzer had last year. I think that's where he's gonna. I mean, I mean to. it's something to follow though. It's very. Um, it's interesting. Three hundred strikeouts is no small feat. No. Um, because I like fifteen guys ever. Yeah. So. And he's on pace. I can't Barely say I'm rooting through. for him, but um, you know, if he does it and they lose, that would be funny. If they, if you know, if he gets like ten Ks and they just never give him run support, and oh man, he'd be furious. But yeah, anyway, I don't. I don't like that quote because I think it uh, is the kind of thing that loses Chris Sale money. And as even if he's a stubborn, uh, wacky guy, I want him to make the money that players deserve because if Chris Sale's not making money, other players are going to have a harder time making money. And um, you obviously want the players to be making uh, a higher percentage than, than management and ownership are. So... You know, I don't know. Uh, Chris Sale's agent, I will say, is not uh, Scott Boris. So, seems right. There you go. I think Eduardo Rodriguez, probably maybe their second best guy. He's taking a, a bit of a jump here. Um, outside of McCullers and Keichel, there's not really in, and obviously Irv Santana and Barrios. We'll get to them <laughs> in a bit. There's not really a, a one-two punch in the American League where I look at a team and say, boy, I don't want to face them in the playoffs because game one, game two, you're going to see uh, two aces. So that's what gives me hope as a Twins fan that Santana and Barrios, they're as good as maybe anybody outside of Houston right now, uh, one and two, because uh, Cleveland starters, um, if you want to touch on Cleveland, they've been very unimpressive. Mm-hmm. Swept Houston this weekend. Uh, I think they lost two or three against uh, Cincinnati. They got one more game coming up here this week against the Reds, but... Uh, they're, they're pitching, starting pitching. Uh, Kluber, Carrasco, uh, they just have, they've given up way too many runs. They've not been good. Yeah, I, um, when you kind of mentioned that uh, one-two punch kind of thing. Carrasco's been fine. Well, who was the other guy? Um, uh, Salazar? Salazar, yeah. Strikes I'm, a lot of guys out, but uh, ERA near five. I'm glad you mentioned uh, McCullers, Keuchel, because they definitely are, without a doubt, the scariest one-two. The thing with them, the three, four, five are not ideal. Um, but... Yeah, I think um, Hamels Darvish will be the the other tough one. If he can come back and uh, maybe his struggles early on were because of an injury, we'll see what uh, Cole Hamels can bring in uh, Texas. Winners there of 10 in a row, and they're back in the mix over 500. Uh, Servino is the best guy going for the Yankees. Severino. Severino, him too, his brother. Yeah, he's uh, he's <laughs> good, and he looked good last night, but it's against the Royals, so it doesn't really count. Um He's been good. He's he's found his changeup, which was that critical third pitch that every pitcher needs, starting pitcher needs. Him and Pineda have been awesome. Um, they're a really good. They're both 10Ks per nine. Um, they're both, um, you know, limiting homers somewhat. Pineda's not really, but um, you assume Tanaka's going to come back from his 6'5", 6'ERA, and... Um, you know, if Pineda can pitch like he, we've everybody's always thought he he will, if Severino can pitch like he's capable of, if Tanaka can pitch like he's capable of, um, that's another scary front end. Um, but they don't, you don't believe in Severino, Pineda, Tanaka like you do McCullers, Keuchel, or Darvish, Hamels. Um, which that those two, when Hamels comes back, assuming he does. Those two are going to be very tough to beat. 
um, especially considering um, they do actually have some decent bullpen arms. Um, and I saw a game the other day with Texas. Sam Dyson actually got guys out. Yeah, so that's the thing. If, if like, Sam wow. Dyson pitches um, the way he's capable of, uh, they're going to be um, looking good because uh, Matt Bush is just electric right now. And um, Tony Barnett, is his numbers look uh, better than, than he's actually pitched uh, or or he's actually pitched better than his numbers look. And uh, Jeffress is, is better than he's actually pitched. And County Kella looks pretty good. Um, that's, a, that's a team where if Darvish and Hamels are there, you're not going to want to face probably – three games against those guys in a seven game series maybe four if you can stretch it is i don't know if you want to go to the national league but is the power in the west um you have texas uh, there but uh national league west i'm going to say right now they get three teams in the playoffs somebody's winning the division two others are playing for that wild card uh cubs cardinals maybe the expected to overtake milwaukee you expect one of those two teams to be in the mix there's nobody in the east that's going to be in the wild card i'd say cubs cardinals are the other contenders but yeah those three could easily just come right out um i think the nationals obviously are going to just totally crush everyone by 15 plus games but uh yeah the diamondbacks look good um robbie ray is pitching very well he was a strikeout pitcher last year and he's actually doing other things that aren't bad like he would do before um and his strikeouts are still good and then obviously zach granke is pitching like uh he used zach to granke isn't it crazy i was looking at this last night because you you'd mentioned him um he's been in the league since 2004 and he's 33 years old hey what 21 years old or so yeah he was uh i think he was well yeah he started it, says it was his there. age 20 season i don't know what that means yeah. but as far as um, when exactly he started, he could have been, you know, 250 days into his mm-hmm. uh, 20th year. But he's been in the league forever. Anyway, he's pitching great. Uh, Corbin's okay. Uh, Taiwan Walker was good when he was healthy. Um, Robbie Ray's good. That team, bullpen is weird. But that team can hit. They're probably going to be a contender. Rockies are probably going to be a contender. And then, of course, the Dodgers, uh, they're still really good, even though they're in third place in that division. My big question with Colorado, or as I like to call them, Colorado, with an A instead of an O, uh, they're starting pitching, which was just dreadful at the beginning of that year. But uh, they bring in Antonio Sanzatella, who's a pretty good Rookie of the Year candidate. Kyle Freeland has done well. Uh, He should probably come back to the pack, but he's done well. And uh, Herman Marquez, our guy Herman Marquez, (laughs) Called up, he's done well, mm-hmm. and if John Gray comes back from his foot and uh, Jeff Hoffman, I don't know why he's not there yet, pitched great, I think, on Monday night against Cincinnati, had a bunch of strikeouts. Uh, you give me Senzatella, if Gray comes back, Marquez can be a number four, you give me Hoffman to be maybe a number two or three. Well, Chatwood's like, walking a lot of guys too, but he's still pitching well. Did he have like a no-hitter into the sixth last night? Yeah, he's done that like twice this year. So, And he's a guy, and then Tyler Anderson. So they've got now some depth, and I like, uh, you know, John Gray and uh, some of those other guys that were not uh, there, or um, Senzatella, I should say, and uh, Hoffman guys who were not there at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a much improvement over where they were two months ago. Yes, and uh, the depth is a a very good uh, part of this, too. They have seven guys. Um, if they're all healthy, that can pitch, start, 
And uh, Chris Rusin's been a good long man out of the pen. Mike Dunn is at least a lefty who can throw baseballs. McGee has been solid. Uh, Ottavino has been good. Greg Holland's been amazing. Um, this is a this is a you know well-rounded staff that can um, sustain its its wins. The problem here, um, and this is a stunning development, the Rockies are not really hitting that well. Um, they only have three starters with a OPS plus over a hundred, so over league average. They should play more games on the road. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but story has been bad. Um, DJ LeMahieu is hitting. There's no power poorly. with DJ LeMahieu like there was last year. Right. Um, and Mark Reynolds has been good, but you kind of expect that to fall down a bit. Uh, Arenado and uh, Blackman, they'll be good. Um, Carlos Gonzalez, you would expect, would, would get a little bit better. And Tony Walters has been good for a catcher. Um, but Ian Desmond's been bad, of course, as we all expected. Everybody who ever knows anything about baseball um, expected that. Um but yeah, this team, I don't know if they can outscore the Diamondbacks. I don't know if they their can outscore is the better. Dodgers. If their pitching is better. Odd to say that the pitching is carrying uh, this team right now. Yeah, but Matt, so think of it this way. Uh, you're going to go into your game one. Let's say you're. Let's say they play a playoff season, uh, series, Diamondbacks, uh, Rockies. You go game one um, at this rate, you're probably going to throw Senzatella versus Granke. That's advantage Granke. Your game two, you're probably going to do Chatwood, probably, uh, or Gray versus uh, Robbie Ray. I don't love that for the Rockies either. Um, I'd rather have a strikeout guy 100 times out of 100. Um, I think Jeff Hoffman can be their best guy, depending on the availability of John Gray. Maybe. Um, and even that, though, I, I'd probably rather throw Robbie Ray up. And then the bullpens are, Rockies have an advantage there, but the Dimebacks bullpen isn't uh, terrible. Um if you're looking at uh, potential playoffs down the road, Washington probably going to have the best record. Yeah. Over Colorado, even though Rockies are off to a great start. Well, so yeah, because of the division there. So you have the West winner against the Central winner and then wild card Washington. So, you know, Washington's playing. Who knows who the wild card is right now? But uh, Yeah, let's say, let's say for just throwing it out there, we'd have Nats v. Cubs. Who cares about them? And then um, Rockies, D-backs... Probably set up for a wild card right now game. That would be good. And then um, them versus the Dodgers. I assume the Dodgers will still win the division. So, you're, I mean, we're looking at a Rockies-Diamondbacks wild card game probably. Uh, early, very early. Fun. But Granke versus any any Rockies starter, that is a That's severe, a good advantage there for Arizona. Yeah. disadvantage for the Rockies, even though their whole staff is good. So, what you want if you're the Rockies is you want to win the division because your whole staff is good, and then a seven-game series, or or whatever, would you'd look significantly better in that? I still don't think they can beat the Dodgers, though. Either of these teams, Diamondbacks better. I, I think Diamondbacks are better than the Rockies. Okay, but I don't know where you stand on that. I know you've been higher probably on the Rockies than I have all year. Yeah, they've been good. The pitching, I just uh, you know that's my question. I assume the hitting's going to come around, and uh, the starting pitching. I've uh, really enjoyed the young arms. They've been impressive. It is nice to see them pitching. Um, it sucks to see that their hitting can't match it, which has always been And just think of how way. good they've been without that. That's true. You expect the pitching to get worse, though. I would, and, and the hitting to improve. Um, so we'll even out. And um, I just don't see 
I just don't see either of these teams beating the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a lot of solid bullpen arms, and uh, they have for Clayton me, Kershaw. So. Same thing I talked about, health with the rotation. Who's pitching besides Grinky or besides Kershaw? And Alex Wood, though, I mean. He can keep it up. He's been lights out, and he should be able to. I mean, he actually has a track record of being a good major league pitcher. Um I mean, yeah, and, he, and whatever you make of uh, Kershaw's postseason struggles. Yeah, I don't care. Um, every every time he goes in, it's a new postseason. I mean, every game's different. But um, And Brandon McCarthy's been good, too, uh, now that he's healthy. So I still don't. I, I can't see either of these teams beating the Dodgers. I know they've been good. I just can't see either of these teams beating the Dodgers. Minnesota Twins, seven games over 500. Third best record in the American League. They've won six of uh, seven They've won four in a row. They're a two-game lead over Cleveland. They're amazing on the road. They're 14-5 and five on the road. I think that's the best record in baseball on the road, right up there with the Rockies. Um, Barrios and Santana, this gives me, as a Twins follower, this gives me a lot of uh, hope uh, and expectations with these two guys because they have not had these two guys in 10 years this good. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Santana's not long for the Twins. Um, but if they're they're going to keep him if they're like this. If they're yeah, leading the division, they're going to keep him. I mean, this is his best year he's ever going to have. And yeah, okay, let's they say did, let's they say didn't say trade for, Dozier and Dozier's let, garbage. Let's so. say for this year, big mistake. Uh, <laughs> let's say for this year, um, they keep those guys. Um, and Santiago is pitching the way I expect. This is where he's going to. You know, this he's is a guy who will pick up wins. He's the Chris Sale guy of a lot of wins. He might win 14 games, mm-hmm. but his peripherals not great. Yeah, and if you have three good starters, you can have two bad ones. That's fine. Um, the bullpen still, still a big question mark. Four, four solid guys in there: Rogers, Kinsler, Breslow, Duffy. That's about it. Presley's uh, Presley, I would say, would be uh, sources close to me. Would say that Presley's probably there. Uh, the one, the only guy in that bullpen that could actually strike somebody out. Yeah, he's the only one with uh, K's per nine. His over. last, well, Duffy's got nine. His last couple weeks, Presley's been very good. He's had some rough outings early on, but uh, he's been their best reliever over the past couple of weeks. I think he's got something like nine straight uh, shutouts or nine straight uh, scoreless innings or appearances. So uh, if Presley can continue that, he would be there. I would say their number one setup guy. But uh, they're they're really going to have to overperform. I think um, they based on a run differential. They they should be twenty two and twenty one. So I mean they are significantly uh, overperforming right now, like the Rangers did last year. Um, very very unsustainable if they keep up at that pace. Twenty five and eighteen right now. Uh, Miguel Sano would get my vote for AL MVP runner up. Oh, to Mike Trout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'd still probably um, pick Judge over him, but of course. But, uh, I mean, 20 OPS plus points higher is, is always beneficial. Um, but, yeah, he's not Mike Trout, so it's tough. Did the, does Houston have anyone that's even close up there right no. now? Um, Altuve is going to definitely be in it um, in the race. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez at this point. But, uh, yeah, I think... Um, Sano, right now it's definitely Trout, Sano, Judge up there. And there's not a lot of MVP candidates early on. Yeah, I don't think Mookie Betts has been uh, what he can be at this point, although he's been very good. 
Um, yeah, but none of them are Mike Trout, and that's why the Angels are um, doing decently, performing decently, that and maybe Cameron Maben um, being okay. But, yeah, Mike Trout's um, the he best might, player he might in be, baseball. He might be putting up his best season, too. Yeah. Offensively, at least. Weird. He is. Uh, yeah, hit, he might hit 50 home runs here this year. Uh, he's on a hell of a tear with home runs here these past two weeks. He's never cracked... Uh, 40? An OPS of... Uh, he had 41. He's never cracked an OPS of uh, 1,000 or 1, whichever way you prefer it. Um, but uh, huh. he's never done that before. Uh, he's come very close, 991 the last two seasons. Um, but this is, without a doubt, his best hitting season if he can if he can even maintain, like, even if his OPS plus drops 40 points, it is still far and away his best hitting season, which at this point, uh, we're at a point where if Trout retires after the season, he's an instant first ballot Hall of Famer. And, six um, solid years? Yes. Yep, six. So That'd be good enough for you. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I think Johan Santana should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, so yes. obviously, <laughs> I think that's good enough for me. Um, but yeah, Mike Trout's by far the best player in baseball, without without a doubt. Not even close. A week or so ago, had a noted baseball guy who I don't care for at all, Tom Verducci. Say another thing that would say, yeah, this is another log on the fire of why I don't think you're very smart. Uh, he didn't think Kansas City should sell. He says there's too much invested in Kansas City them to just break it up and i'm like they're a last place team there's no i mean why are you clinging to this you're not going to be a 500 team you're you'd be fortunate to win 75 games i don't know if he can't see that or he expects them to be good does he think that these names bring people to the ballpark i don't know the thing is if they're losing nobody's going in september I don't think I don't know if he thinks they're going to be in the race or what because oh, no. they're not. No, no, no. I um, can't. Ex- I can't explain why he would think uh, they should not sell. I don't know. They lucked out that they uh, got postponed against the Yankees today because that would have been probably a good chance to be a loss. Um, they stink, <laughs> and uh, Hosmer looks um, okay enough that some team would actually buy him right now. And um, Lorenzo Cain is the perfect fit for about every contending team right now every single like imagine the rangers bringing him in and mm-hmm. um their outfield would have oh boy, maybe colorado see. wants to put him at first with desmond team up the <laughs> uh, the two outfielders at first um yeah well they honestly they could probably use lorenzo kane outfield as well um but every single contending team could use a lorenzo kane um you have young guys here mustakis you could trade Alex Gordon stinks. You're stuck with him. Uh, Brandon Moss isn't hitting well. Um, Salvador Perez is good. Um, Alcides Escobar is absolute trash. Absolute garbage. You can't. And Solaire's been bad too. So you're basically your best players are the four or the three hitters that you would obviously sell, and then uh, Vargas you'd sell, and maybe in Kennedy too. Um, and maybe Herrera, even though he hasn't been that good. Why wouldn't? Yeah, I. Why wouldn't you? They're, I can only imagine he thinks they're going to be close enough to be in the wild card, which I can't even fathom right now. They're one of the rare teams that I don't think is going to be in the mix in the American League. I think the wild card's going to be, uh, you know, good five, six teams deep, all all around five hundred. Kansas City's not going to be one of those teams. They're going to be one of the two or three worst teams record wise in the American League. Yeah, and um, 
the farm system for them is it's bad. bad. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find like a... And there were other guys arguing against him saying, hey, look at what the Yankees did. They turned pieces into prospects. Look at these prospects. They are up right away. Uh, and the Yankees um, already had good prospects. So that wasn't even a critical uh, thing for them. The Royals don't. Uh, their, uh, baseball America had them before the season at 26th best farm system in baseball. That's If you're 25 to 30, you've or 20 to 30 even you're bad. you're bad that's bad um and even detroit is higher than them so. and they're not a team that's going to go out and sign free agents detroit they can't so obviously their guys are getting old they got a, a lot of dead money there mm-hmm. and you're you're jordan zimmerman types but uh they can go out and they can sign guys like they have well been. all the teams worse than the royals on this list the marlins the angels the diamondbacks baltimore um all those guys can sign all those teams can sign guys kansas city is going to be hard pressed to sign someone this is a good time for them to say you know what danny duffy's good let's hang on to him uh this bonifacio guy that they have is good um sal Perez has been good um maybe try to build around that core um and give solaire a chance too but maybe try to build around that core bring some younger guys in i don't know what you can get but i think hosmer would get you a pretty talented player i think um, I think Lorenzo Cain would. I think Mustakis definitely would. He's a hitter, um, a power hitter. So I can't, I, yeah, I can't justify, uh, keep, you know, staying pat this year. That'd be very strange. A guy who, uh, contract coming up next year, at the end of next year, Manny Machado, expected to get a lot of money, has had uh, his poor start or his poor season thus far. And I looked at some of the numbers and, um, there are some numbers to indicate why he is bad, but there are some in, in numbers that would indicate that uh, he should be maybe having one of the best years that he's ever had. Uh, so this is why one of the reasons why I like baseball is a friend of mine said Machado's not been good or been worse than you would expect. And rather, baseball, you can actually look at the data and say, well, let's look at this and see why he's bad. Mm-hmm. And you can maybe come up with a... Uh, with the situation rather than other sports. Why is this guy good? I don't know. He's just all of a sudden good. I think we should be clear. Manny Machado isn't bad. He's uh, he is an average, average baseball. He's an average baseball player, which is, much which, is, which is Manny Machado bad. Yeah. Um, he's still, um, he's just not performing to the level he should be. But you're right. Um, he is like exactly the average player right now, which is not what you want from your Manny Machados and those types. Um, if you want three hundred million, this is not the way to get there. Yeah, but Bryce Harper basically did the same thing last year, and and then this um, year, and yeah. So I, I don't think it's going to be a killer for him. Um, it's not a good sign because he's never had a Bryce Harper type season. Although his defense, you could argue, makes him a Bryce Harper type player, but I don't know about that. Um, I don't know. Was there anything you pinpointed that made him uh, not quite as good? Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hard hit percentage. I love this stat. 42% of his, uh, uh, batted balls are hit hard, according to the metrics. Only 17% are soft. Those would be career highs for hard, career lows for soft. That's a good thing. However, um, he's pulling the ball more than ever, 45%, compared to going into the opposite way, only 22%, both career highs and lows in those categories. Uh, you would rather see him go the opposite way, maybe a little bit more. So those two things kind of contradict each other. Hitting the ball as hard as he's ever hit, but he's pulling it more. 
makes you wonder if some hitting coach or somebody tried to make him make adjustments that just didn't work and maybe he's gonna have to go back to what he used to do I don't know um but it's interesting to see how it's interesting to look at that the Manny Machado case here ground ball percentage is at his career average of 44 last year was only at 37 so he's hitting ground balls at his more of an average place uh, compared to maybe an outlier of last year. Uh, there was one other deal uh, as far as uh, the plate discipline. O swing rate. Uh, he's only swinging at 28% of the pitches outside the zone, which would be a career best or a second career best. So that's an improvement over last year. And uh, But yet, he uh, only makes contact 62% of the time. So he's swinging less at bad pitches, but he is uh, missing them more which is an odd back and forth. You'd expect if you're swinging at the bad pitches less, you would uh, hit uh, you would hit them uh, how how would you how would you correlate that? So if you're swinging at bad pitches less, but he's making he's making less contact. Less contact. Maybe he's just a bad ball hitter like Vlad Guerrero, you know, mm-hmm. you go for the sometimes I mean everybody's zone is different. Um Sometimes the balls you like to hit aren't going to be in the strike zone or what would commonly be known as the strike zone. Um, so maybe I assume there's been some sort of coaching or approach changes that they've tried to make with him that just haven't haven't worked out. And he'll they'll probably tweak it and, and bring him back to what he's doing before. But, you know, maybe he's just a bad, good bad ball hitter. And um, now that he's not able to actually uh, or, or now that he's laying off some of these bad pitches, maybe he's not getting like a, you know, double that he scoops up off the dirt mm-hmm. you know maybe that's what it is i don't know i haven't watched enough manny machado i guess this season to make any sort of judgments but he's still walking um his uh, walks i believe are at a career high of like 11 percent. yeah he's got 22 compared to 48 even which is another year, interesting is... uh it's a huge increase he's nearly doubled uh from seven percent up to 11 that's a pretty big increase i'd say half of these more than half of these are good indicators of him like improving. if it's one or two percent, okay. But some of these are like four, five, six percent. Now yeah. that's a huge increase, four, five, six percent. So there's something there. He should, he should improve. I, I would assume. Um, you know, maybe if he only gets up to, you know, uh, an OPS is right now seven thirty nine. If he only gets up to like seven sixty, that's still a decent enough season with the defense he's going to provide. That um, it's not going to hurt his uh, future contract value. Now, if he does this again next year, if these numbers. Um, become normal for him it's going to be a huge problem is babip 70 points lower than average that sounds yeah when you um said he he was making a lot more hard contact i assumed that had to be something to do with it um that is not i mean that's going to go we're a quarter slash soon to be third of the way through the season so i'm gonna work on some blogs here um hard hit what would there there be a correlation between uh Hard hit percentage and uh, BABIP. There's got to be, right? Yeah, harder hit the ball, the more chance you have of getting a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45% would seem to be very good, but yet the BABIP is not. So that'd be a very interesting to see if that is way out as an outlier as far as how do other players 45% or higher, what's yeah, their BABIP? I suppose you could look at to the the players with the highest uh you know, hard, BABIP, hard ball there? contact, what what they're doing, or people with the highest BABIP, what they're doing. You assume also um, speed is a, is a factor there, and, and Machado is is no. Um, 
I mean, he had no steals last year. He's no speedster by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can turn around. Now, I would suspect him too. I don't know if you... Yeah, I think he'll be back to uh, maybe not what he used to be because, you know, we're 45, 50 games into the deal here. and yeah, that's going to be tough. That's tough. Uh, for some reason, there's a difference between uh, pitch, let's see, pitch types and pitch effects. Pitch types seem to be fairly big gap there for whatever reason. I don't know what the difference uh, would be here between normal stuff and the pitch FX things, the uh, plate discipline. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know what the uh, – the O contact rate is 62%. O contact rate is 53% pitch FX. So that's 9% difference. That's a large difference. I don't know what the difference is, but um, that is significantly lower. He's only making contact 53% of the time. On pitches outside the zone, he's usually at 65. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, I I don't know. I would have to talk to him to see what his... Uh... Manny Machado, what are you doing? Yeah, let's get him on the podcast. Get it on the deal. Uh, one final note I had, we still have the uh, Jared Weaver of Award. Of course, of course. Coming uh, on the way. Happy birthday to Fat Bartolo this week. Yeah. Uh, touch. I want to touch on uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, their biggest problem uh, when we previewed them was... They couldn't score runs. Mm-hmm. They hit a lot of home runs last year. They're hitting more this year. They are the true uh, three-outcome team. Lots of walks, lots of strikeouts, lots of home runs, and they were a team that, when they were good, uh, you know, five, eight, ten years ago, this was not a team that was like that. They hit a lot of home runs. They probably didn't strike out a lot, uh, relied on small ball, all that stuff. So what do you make of Tampa Bay just going all out, Home runs, strikeout, walks. I think it's a good way to do it if you don't if you're in a small market. Um, sl- essentially, it's what the A's always did. You you find guys with a high on base percentage, then you find guys with a high slugging, and together they make a team of guys with a high OPS. Um, I think I'm fine with it. Logan Morrison is of course overperforming, but th- those are the types of players you have to sign when you're not when when your payroll is teeny tiny. Um, but it's nice for them to see Souza uh, doing fairly well, um, considering they had to, uh, they basically missed out on uh, Joe Ross and Trey Turner to get Souza, um, which is not good. But uh, it's nice to see this kind of approach working because it's a good way to win games if you're in a small market. Find guys who can hit home runs, find guys who can walk in front of them so that your home runs are two-run, three-run home runs, and then pitch okay enough, uh, which they are doing exactly, um, for solid starters, uh, and then a solid bullpen. So essentially, the approach, I would assume, is walk and then hit a home run, and then you get a two-run home run, and do that one more time, you get four runs, and you're in good shape to win a game. Not a real exciting team, not a team that I went out of my way to watch in past years. Uh, that might change this year. Maybe a little bit more exciting to watch uh, Tampa Bay. Although they were fun when they had um, formerly known as B.J. Upton. and uh, He's always B.J. Upton. You uh, uh, <laughs> you come up with B.J. Upton, you're in there for 10 years. We're not going to change it to... Carl, to, Carl no. Crawford was fun too. Longoria, when he was young, was, was an exciting player. That was a fun team. Um, now, though, they have Kiermaier, who's exciting, um, although he had the yips a couple weeks ago in the outfield for some reason. Um, but they still have some interesting guys. I don't know if they're crazy interesting. Um, 
but it's fun to see home runs. Everybody likes home There's runs. There's one guy on that team that I want for my team. We talked about him before, Alex Cobb. Oh, yeah. Would be a guy that I want for the Twins. And uh, Jeremy Hellickson would be another guy because they are both, I would assume, cheap options to get, and they could fill in for whoever else to be well, like a third or fourth starter. I don't know if you saw um, MLB Trade Rumors did their uh, top 30 trade deadline candidates. I want, I want to see this. This is uh, I'm very much interested. And, uh, you know, they, they do it in a subjective way where they pick guys who are most likely to deal but are also good. That's how they rate them. Um, so it's it's you know, very subjective, but that's fine. The top three guys are like Robertson, Kane, Cozart, Zach Cozart. Um, as far as starting pitching that I think the Twins could afford, uh, Jason Vargas. Nope. Um, Ian Kennedy. Maybe. And then, and then Cobbs is 22. Sure. Uh, and then Hellickson, 23. I'll take him. Sonny Gray uh, It's also on there. Derek Holland you probably wouldn't want. Um, no. But there are some guys that the Twins – the Twins are going to need it if they want to make the playoffs. Now, this might not help them in the playoffs, but if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to need another starting pitcher. And if they do not, I believe they're free agents. I would like to sign a Alex Cop. Whether yeah. that takes $50 million for four years or whatever that uh, Ricky Nolasco contract is for a guy 29 years old, I'd go four years, I guess. I'll take a chance. Oof. Chance on an injury-prone player. You might, off be getting, John. Uh, you might be finding yourself a, another Carl Pavano, or at least that's what the Yankees had with Carl Pavano. Yeah. He was great with the Twins. Well, <laughs> he was awesome with the Twins. Well, he uh, it was not with the Yankees. And uh, Last pitcher to pitch as well as Irv. Irv's pitching better than Carl Pavano. Carl, Carl Pavano, like 0-9-10, whenever they got him. Yeah. He pitched out of his mind. Well, here's a um, FanRag Sports. They just put up... Uh, Thing on 70 players who could hit the block like just today apparently and, it's a lot of players um but they're rated on talent not on uh trade tradeability no. which i think the mlb trade rumors one is significantly more um useful realistic yeah more it's it's much more useful if you're trying to find a player for your team um oh mike trout you say okay yeah well yeah the number one guy on the list here's zach, our double a team number one trout. guy on the list is zach granke i don't think zach granke getting dealt anytime soon when they're this good he's the number one guy on the list yeah uh, and Verlander, too. Um, yeah, Verlander, I have him up here. He's not pitching well. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. We'll see about I that. I picked the Tigers next week, so I'm mm. hoping he pitches well. I Dimebacks, by the way. Last week, 5-1. Yeah. You were in the uh, you and uh, a guy named David Schottenkirk. Schottenkirk and Evan Schott. Yeah. Evan Hendershot. I Evan. took the first part of your first name and chopped off the first part of your last name. A Schottenkirk-Hendershot battle. Yeah. It's a lot of syllables. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, Dimebacks were good. Any other thoughts on whatever we were just talking about? <laughs> Tampa Bay, <laughs> All right. they strike out 27.3% of the time. That would demolish the record, demolish the record that Houston and 13 had that the Brewers uh, tied last year. Padres of last year were fourth worst or third worst all time. Soon to be fourth. So and the, those teams were bad. They were not good. The Rays are fine. And I think it's because Tampa Bay you was can win that year. way. As long as you score just enough runs for your pitching to be decent uh, and win, then you're, you can win that way. I think, I think that's fine. I think it's a really good uh, approach for a small market team to try to find guys who are good at individual skills, like hit, hitting for power or getting on base, um, who cares about batting average, so you don't worry about that one. Um, but... 
Should you say I should quit worrying about Buxton's 170 average? Well, if he's slugging 450 and his on well, base is 350, then yeah, his, you can... his, his uh, on base is like 250. So that's well, all right. then no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can build a team that way. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fine with that team. It'd probably be very frustrating if you're a Rays fan to see that many strikeouts. But um, if it comes at, uh, if it comes because you're gonna have a chance of getting more um, home runs or more doubles or more triples, then that's fine. I think. Brewers this year are the would we have the eighth most percentage of strikeouts. Uh, Padres would be eleventh most. Oakland would be twelfth most. Arizona would be fourteenth most. So you have a half dozen teams that would strike out uh, the top fifteen percentages ever just this year. And uh, Tampa Bay. So this is maybe something else that I would look at. Uh, records that are broken or teams that are on pace to break all time records. This record will be broken, I believe this year and maybe uh, the next year the next year and you look at all these teams and what they did for the season wins or runs created plus all these teams most of them the vast majority of them are under a hundred below average tampa bay is at 107 significantly above average compared to all these other teams a good 15 to 20 spots better well i imagine this is what i'm trying to this is what i'm imagining the rays to be um Imagine if you had five Mark Reynolds in his like fourth best season and four Adam Duns in his like sixth best season. Um, you would take that lineup and throw them out on the field. That'd forget be like about defense. Home runs. But yeah, forget about defense. But you would take that in a heartbeat, and you know you're going to strike out a zillion times, so so many times. But there's a lot of value to having guys who walk and hit home runs. I don't care if their other outcome is strikeout. If they're doing those other two things, I will have my entire lineup made up of those guys any day. It's better than what the Padres are throwing out there. I don't even, or the Braves at this point with a bunch of terrible, terrible guys. Um, but I, I am totally fine with this Rays lineup and the way they did it was affordable. Um, so good, good job for them, I guess. Who do we have for old guy of the week who should not uh, be playing the baseball? I, I, uh, Spared Bartolo Colon uh, this this week. It's his uh, birthday, for God's sake. Yeah, and he's uh, lovable, and everybody likes him. And uh, the Braves uh, only have him on a one-year deal. So, uh, you know, let him pitch a bunch of innings and be fun. Um, unfortunately for uh, his a, uh, NL East uh, foe, the Marlins, uh, I had to pick Ichiro this week for the old Jared Weaver Award. Now, I was looking at... Um, Logan Forsyth has just totally knocked Chase Utley out of the, the lineup. Uh, Dinelson Lamette, or however you say his name, for the, for the Padres. Our guy. Uh, called Your up. Guy. Called up. Uh, and Weaver is just bad. So he had the one start last week, two-thirds of an inning, gave he, up seven, eight runs something to the like Mets that. or somebody. Yeah, he uh, Weaver is flat out bad and uh, everybody now is seeming to write things about how, um, how bad Weaver is and how he should be out of the league. Ichiro, you love him. Everybody loves him too. Um, I know he wants to play until he's 50, but, uh, entering Wednesday, I didn't, I was writing this up yesterday as far as notes. Can't imagine it could have changed much. As of Wednesday, he had an OPS plus of 22. Uh, the Marlins stink. Let's make that clear. 16 and 29. Um, it doesn't look like he, oh, he did play. So his OPS plus is 16. Um, and he has, uh, let's see here. 15 Ks in 62 plate appearances. Um, the Marlins stink. 
Uh, this is a guy who has been a 638 OPS hitter in 1,800 plate appearances from um, 2013 to 2017. So he's been horrible for years and years. Um, his K percentage this year, as of yesterday, I didn't check today, but was 23.7, which is way, way higher than anything he's ever posted. 40.5% uh, of his batted balls are uh, pulled this year, which is nine points higher than his career average. Uh, which, which to me indicates that he's overcompensating for a slow swing and he's trying to swing early. Um, this is a player who stinks and is so incredibly bad to start the season. Um, 62 plate appearances is enough to say, oh boy, 16 OPS plus, that's rough. When you're a 40 or how old is he, 43-year-old, I would... If I'm Ichiro, I take my $166 million and I drive off into the sunset or go play in Japan, maybe. Ooh. Um, but he's so bad. And yeah, he was a great, you know, lovable player um, and really was the probably the first superstar that came over from Japan. I guess Nomo maybe could be the first one, but Ichiro, Offensive player. Ichiro is so bad this year and it's just kind of sad. Uh, you know, Weaver was frustrating. Utley was probably frustrating. Weaver's 10 years younger than Ichiro. Well, that's true. Weaver to watch was frustrating. Weaver and, should not be this bad at 33. He should be well, better than this at 33. That's true. Ichiro, the problem with him is uh, he's old, and it's sad to see a guy that everybody likes just go out there and just be very sad and, and not good. Um, he feels like a good candidate for a midseason retirement, I think. Um, so... I see that happening, and the Marlins happen to have a guy, Destin Hood, in AAA, 27 years old, um, who has seven homers in his last 10 games. Is he an outfielder? Or what is yeah, it? outfielder. Um, he's a 27-year-old, uh, but, you know, guys come up sometimes that late. This guy has seven homers in his last 10 games. I know he's playing in the Pacific Coast League, but um, for the uh, New Orleans baby cakes. Ooh. <laughs> But, Isn't there the logo like the baby's face? Yeah, it's bad. They changed it from like the Zephyrs. Was, yeah, wasn't there a thing a year or two ago where the baby was not good? It was a very bad looking baby. Um, Maybe there was a mascot that was a big baby in a diaper. That The Yankees uh, AAA team is that as an alternate, the Rail Riders. But theirs is basically like the Baby Cakes logo, basically. The Yankees one stole it from that. The Rail Rider would be like a train oh, or a homeless man on a train? Um. Well, their regular logo is fine. Um, well, but... I mean, minor league, I mean, we all get the, all the Tigers and the Lions and all this stuff. Minor league baseball's got it made as far as teams and logos. What is that? Is that David Wells? It's a... Who is this man? Uh, baby with a beard. And a cigar? And a cigar. And a, an American top hat. And, a, yes, and a top hat and Uncle a bat Sam and, a, and a diaper. And that's it. Um, very odd. Anyway, the baby cakes logo isn't much better. Um, but anyway, this guy has seven homers in the last 10 games. Uh, you may as well, um, ugh, yuck. I'll show you this one too. You may as well, um, that's what I'm talking about. Good, good. Uh, you know, get rid of each row and give a guy a chance. Uh, th that's what I like most about the idea of this. Uh, if, if you get enough signatures, give it to the secretary of state. Can you put this on the ballot? Why the replacing or getting Ichiro out? Can we get this guy in instead of yeah? Can you do that? It would be nice if um well uh, this is in Florida so it might be challenging, um but Ichiro's time has come and passed 
and he uh, I think he needs to um, hang it up and give a chance to some other guy. But the funny thing is, uh, we've done this twice now. This will be the third time. The funny thing is the first two guys are basically um, losing tons of playing time. They're in hospice right now. So uh, I would assume Ichiro hits, hits it next. And Bartolo, uh, you're spared another week. But um, I'm sure he will be selected at some point this season. I'm so, so sure of it. But, uh, yeah, Ichiro this week. There's your guy. Talking about calling guys up, it was just a crime that uh, they waited so long for Barrios. They waited like, you know, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And he struggled last year. But it was, it was just dumb. Just dumb. Yeah, uh, they needed him, obviously. Um, and he's I, figured something out. And the movement on his pitches, it's uh, it's been rare. It's been very rare since the uh, Johan Santana and uh, rookie year of Lariano. Lariano was a guy who's had a fine career. But that first year, he was great. He was he was unbelievable. And, uh, like, Santana was a guy that, you, you know, he's pitching, I'm watching him pitch. Brios, he's now that guy. Um, if he continues this, he's a guy that, oh, Brios is pitching tonight. I will watch that game then because he's pitching. Yeah, he's exciting. Um, it will be exciting if he uh, and he he and Severino could could get a matchup this year. They'd be a, a fun pair to watch. I'm looking forward to his Tommy John next year. It's going to be fun. Barrios? Yeah, it's going to oh, be fun. Yeah, it's that gonna would be fun. suck. That would suck. <laughs> um, at least Sano's already got his out of the way. Probably never going to have another one. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, uh, Ichiro stinks. There's your Jared Weaver award <laughs> winner of the week. I was looking at uh, fastball velocity average. Yeah. Worst ever. Your Wakefield's up there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Your, your Bob Allen Dickies up there. Um, Jamie Moyer, 49-year-old Jamie Moyer, obviously would be up there. They have 2002 Tim Hudson at 79. Wow. That is not accurate. Oh. Because the next, because he was 90s his whole career. He did not change from 03 to 2015. Yeah, I assume that's probably one weird pitch so that, that was, he was throwing that was off or something. So that's an inaccurate reading. So besides the 45-year-old Jamie Moyer and your knuckleballers, um, yeah, Jared Weaver at 16 may be number one, uh, 83 miles an hour. Tom Glavin in 03 with the Mets was at 83.2. Uh, Mark Burley's at around 83. Greg Maddox was at 83 at the end of his career. So uh, those would be some of your guys. 83. About the lowest you can throw a fastball and still be uh, employable. I would assume at his age, Weaver has some pretty, uh, pretty awful nerve damage in his arm. If he can't throw the way he should, probably if he can't throw six or seven miles an hour harder than that, he probably has some pretty, pretty awful nerve damage. And all these other guys, Burley, Glavin, Maddox, were all upper thirties, forties. Yeah, he's got to have some sort of weird, uh, uh, long term. Well, I don't know if I'd even call it that. He probably has a like forever dead arm. He's probably never going to get that strength back, I would assume, which then, sucks. That's got to suck. Hopefully he's a lefty writer. Uh, yeah. Looking at the, uh, the at the K percentage, again, something else for a, a blog. Um, guys striking out at the highest percentages ever. Uh, your guy, Chris Carter, is number one Ugh. with the 13 Astros, 36%. Yeah. Joey Gallo is at 37% this year. Keon Broxton is nearly at 39%. So those two guys right now, uh, a third of the way in, have the highest K percentages ever. It's funny, though. I'd, I'd start Keon Broxton yeah. or Joey Gallo right now on either of those teams. I think they're both good players. Um, but it's funny how we're really transitioning into 
uh, strikeouts are okay. And for a very long time in baseball, probably for the entirety of baseball, um, strikeouts were a big no-no. And um, now it's fine. Now everybody's fine with it. Chris Carter now, he's very frustrating, of course. Um, But uh, if you can hit fine and also strike out those times you get out, that's fine. I don't think anybody cares at this point. Miguel Sano is fourth all-time right now. Uh, Chris <laughs> Davis this season is fifth. So uh, four of the top six, five of the top six spots are guys who are active this season. So Boom, It is what it is. It is very interesting. My guy Buxton, number nine all-time. See if he can be top ten in something. Well, see, the thing about a guy like Buxton is he stinks. So All these other guys, uh, runs created plus, well over 100. Right. Buxton. 53 that's exactly if mm. you're if you're mm. uh doing well and you're striking out that much it's fine like uh chris carter had 29 homers that year like that's that's fine um he was a better than league average player so buxton can't be doing that um feels like billy hamilton's got to be somewhere on there though i would think for strikeouts yeah Something that's interesting. I want to see how low Joey Gallo's average can be and how high his slugging can be. Has there ever been? He's at 195. He's a 195 hitter uh, with an 830 OPS. I want to see a sub 200 hitter have a 830 OPS. I'm going to see if I can. A just... six, 600 plus point difference. I can't imagine. That's um, The play index is great, but I that would be amazing to see the, the gap between. I can't imagine there's so anybody. So 600 points between average and OPS? Yeah, he's at 635 difference. Um, that'd be, you, you, uh, you, Dave Kingman's got a lot of 500s. See if you see if you can look that up as far as average and then uh, OPS. My two best wins of the week, Kyle Gibson pitched to five innings Monday at Baltimore, gave up six runs. You get the win for that. Uh, Jose Urena. Me a pitcher for Miami. Mm-hmm. Again, five innings, six runs Tuesday at Oakland. Uh, another team, uh, another win that is just a great win. Great, uh, great team win for him. Six runs, five innings. It's a win for you. Yeah. Um, all right. So I don't have play index anymore. So I was wildly guessing. I found a uh, Adam Dunn year where his was 596 difference. Is that as high as you've seen or as far as uh, guys you've looked up? So far. Um, Let's see what else here. I figured if I start with Dave Kingman, though, that would be a good bet. Um, Frank Howard seems like he's probably going to be another good bet, too. Um, no, no, his average is pretty decent for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who cares? That's what I say about <laughs> that's what I say about strikeouts and um, getting out in general. Uh, you know, it's not the worst thing anymore. And uh, Joey Gallo is a fun player to watch because he hits monster home runs um i bet you ryan howard's probably somewhere up there huh no he wasn't good enough when his average is bad um no maybe what's that number minus that number this would be good if i knew math (laughs) the 800 a greater i'm going to put this in a greater than 800 ops a batting average under 200 Will anybody show up? Joey Gallo should for this year. A, a what? Oh, I'm not logged in. Well, that sucks. <laughs> um, there's a couple guys. Uh, Matt Latos, you don't count. I'm not counting Matt Latos. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of pitchers that show up, so that's 
And you can exclude pitchers, can't you? Bane or you probably have to look. Five. Yeah. So we'll do that for next week. That's uh, something for next week. Anything else going on in the baseball world uh, as far as uh, you know? When obviously. I saw that Miami was playing Oakland, did anything come to mind? Miami-Oakland? <clears throat> I can't think of any relationship between Miami and Oakland. That's what I thought of as well. There is no relationship there. That's what the point was. Have these teams ever played? Yes, oh. they have, obviously. So I looked up what teams have played the least amount of games ever. I came up with, I don't think I posted this, I came up with eight of them. This is not on the list. I think they've played 12 times, 13 times, 14 times. These of all these are four different teams, or uh, two different teams that have all played exactly nine times. Nine times is the record for teams that have played the least amount of times against each other. Postseason doesn't count. I don't even believe uh, these teams have played in the postseason. Obviously, these are all AL versus NL teams. Uh, any teams that uh, you can think of, they've only played nine times. That'd be three series. Their league play has been around for 20 years now. Somehow, they've only played three series, basically. First first two I thought of were Rockies, Rays, and D-backs, Rays. No. Neither? I figure expansion, they probably had to play each other then. Be a good guess. Um some of them are some of the oldest teams around somehow, and they've only played nine times. Weird. Um, Yankees, Rockies? Cardinals, Orioles is one. What? They've played nine times. What? That's crazy. I don't believe that for a second. Cardinals, Orioles, that is never, you'd never guess that as a first. And obviously they're not, you no, know, the Central Central would play each other East East, so it's got to be cross divisional, cross league matches. That's why I was thinking some like weird. West and, only been, and each of those have only been around 20-ish. Rockies have played the Yankees 90 times, believe it or not. What? No, not really. Oh. Like 18 or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That is <laughs> stunning. I can't I can't even think of a time. Cubs-Orioles nine times. Why? What's the deal with the Orioles? Cubs-Rays nine times. Okay, that I get. Brewers-Rays. That I get as well. Dodgers-Royals. That is strange. Dodgers-Indians. That is also strange. It was almost the World Series last year, and they've played nine times. That is weird. Two more. Two more, huh? Cardinals-Rangers. That was a World Series, though, so we don't count the World Series. Only oh, right, regular right. season. Um, and Oakland versus slash Nationals slash Expos. Okay, that makes sense. Oakland-Washington. Well, I assume... I'm going to take a wild guess and say uh, Oakland's not going to play the Expos anytime soon. No. But maybe the Nationals. But we count the Nationals in there. I know. <laughs> so I, I want to see what the last combo of teams are to play each other less than 10 times. So I want to see who ends up playing each other here a couple of years down the road. It's weird. Those those are weird, very strange teams to not have played each other. Very, very strange. The Orioles, any Orioles or Cubs related or Cardinals, any of those, or Cleveland even, they've been around forever. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams in that 10, 12, 13 game mark. Um, Arizona's, Arizona and like the White Sox stuck out to me. And honestly, uh, I would be happier if there were less of these uh, matchups because, or if there were more times that National League teams hadn't played American League teams because I do not particularly like interleague play one bit i couldn't i can't imagine like how baseball used to be with the leagues didn't play the all-star game was great the world series was something amazing mm -hmm. you had all these the the one downside of course is you never see trout and kershaw 
you never saw this guy versus this guy, the best pitcher here versus the best pitcher. The All Star game was for, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly, I hate interleague play, and I'd I'd like it to go away. And um, it's funny because uh, I think it was something targeted probably toward younger people to see their favorite players and see different teams. But I never liked it. I always thought it was a weird uh, thing that just had no value and it dampens the world series significantly um and teams uh, or players would tend to get like uh league loyalty you know you'd see guys basically stay in the national league northern league let's go northern league (laughs) or uh you'd see guys stay in the american league like a dh type player they'd never leave um because they're and they're comfortable with it too and you'd you'd build more rivalries that way and be playing the teams that are uh in your league a lot more and um I, i think that would be better uh, I think that would be better. We're, we're looking at, um, we'll probably talk about it at some point, expansion uh, future, but um, there there's going to be some division reorganization. That might be a good time to kind of kick interleague play aside. You like your teams segregated. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. By league. I think you'd have to, um, I think you'd, oh man, it would be, you might, it would be very challenging if you um, added two new teams. Um, you have to go four divisions of four. Yeah, and the way, or, or you could do two, I, I'd actually prefer two mm. divisions. Um, of eight. Yeah, um, but you could actually, if you had 16 teams in each one, you could, yeah, you could totally get away with never playing the other. Yeah. That would be perfect. That's what they should do, and two, yeah, two of eight, and then you do uh, two from each. Um, just make the playoffs. Get rid of that second wild card that's dumb. I'm not finding a whole lot of luck here as far as uh, 800 guys and 200 guys. This might be... Uh, he probably hit over 200, but uh, something to follow. We're definitely going to see a lot more players like that in the coming years, I think. Um, baseball's definitely changing, and um, that's a good thing. The baseball's um, three changing. guys. Ideally, uh, you'd have players. Three guys, huh? Joey Gallo this year. Somebody named Bill Ashley, 96 Dodgers. And uh, Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire is the only guy to have a sub-200 average and a plus-800 OPS, 2011. You might be able to throw Barry Bonds in the league right now, and he'd do it. I can't imagine he wouldn't hit 200. But uh, he could probably hit those home runs still. Mark McGuire, huh? What year was this? 01. Was that the year he was hurt? He missed uh, some games, yes. 01, that was his last year. He only played 97 games. He might not have... uh, Man, I'd still take a player like that. Probably wouldn't want him at first base, though. Uh, you probably never wanted Mark McGuire at first base or anywhere. Man, if he would have been a DH, he probably would have hit 80 homers that one season, right? No, I, I just... I. Why did he play... Why did he go to the Cardinals? What a big, huge mistake that was. The Big Mac. So, yeah, we're looking at uh, a uh, 635 difference here for Gallo. McGuire was around uh, 6, not even 620. This Bill Ashley guy was at 613. So uh, this is something I want to follow. Chris Sale strikeouts to bring it all together. Something to follow. Uh, So blog posts. I'll have some blog posts, and we'll post them on the Twitter account as well. Well, it's been an interesting uh, beginning of the season, though. But... um, Hopefully things start to shape up. We keep saying that, you know. I think you know, I'm. I've seen enough of the Twins to say, I think they're finishing 500. Unfortunately for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like the... I, I still think maybe the Blue Jays, maybe they've wiggled their way back in here. But I think at this point, we're the White Sox, the Royals, the Mariners. White Sox run differential like plus 15. Yeah, but their they, pitching is very good. But they uh, will definitely make some trades. Here. Also, want to note about the, the Mariners. Terrible. One of the worst weeks ever. Yeah, they. Um, I'm glad I picked them when they had a two and four week. Um, they did not score, and the other team scored all the time. Yeah, they are probably going to have to make some trades because um, they have a lot of solid players and a lot of gaping holes. So uh, the good thing for them is Ben Gamble looks good, so that's a a good player to have. Um, I would think about trading Nelson Cruz if I were them. That's going to be a tough. Those are the kind of things that are tough, trading guys who are like super elite hitters. Older guy, still's got something in the bat. Oh, yeah, more than that. Uh, he's got one more year left, too, so it's not like he's just a rental this year, um, and he is hitting an OPS of 930 at Safeco, so uh, he's quite Pretty good. Quite good. Uh, I don't know who's going to try to bring him in, but if I'm the Mariners, I try to trade Nelson Cruz. Courtesy of Tim Kirchin, Seattle joins 1969 San Diego. And whatever 1887 Washington was, if that was the Senators, 1887 Washington, uh, three teams now to score no more than one run, five games in a row, while their opponents score at least 40 total, an average of eight per game. So you're basically losing at least eight, nine, ten per ten to one every day. Yeah, this is um, not a team that hits, and they also are not a team that pitches. So besides that, they're not bad. They're going to have to. make some hard fortunately for us as as fans of baseball who like i assume trades and uh big things like that uh jerry depoto is in charge of this team so we will definitely likes the deal we will definitely be seeing uh without a doubt we will be seeing some trades some that are awful for the mariners some that are incredible for the mariners um more likely to even out but um with jerry depoto in charge we're going to see some trades and I don't think he's going to be super attached to Nelson Cruz. He didn't bring him in. Their closer, Edwin Diaz, just fell off the earth. Too many walks. He yeah. Was, he was great. He has, uh, he's, He'll come back. He's down to 4-4-2, so uh, that's not a bad ERA, I guess. Uh, it's not good. It's not bad. So um, he should bounce back. Um, but oof, what, on, only seven years, eight years left for the Cano contract, so that should be just <laughs> flying, flying Man, by I, here in 2025. As sad as I was to see him go... We'll be, uh, we'll be in the third year or the third term of the Trump presidency by the time that contract ends. You're probably, yeah. When he gets rid of the uh, term limits. So yeah, good. you will. Uh, we will be. And uh, Cano will be 40 and the Mariners will still be bad. Um, and he'll probably have been traded to the Reds by then or something weird. Like, uh, who? what other trades? He'll be traded to Portland. Yeah. <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. But yeah, maybe we should talk about expansion at some point. Um, could be a, that could be a deal. Yeah. But yeah, boy. Cano, I feel bad for this guy. I talked about uh, was like the last show about the MLB trade rumors. Had a series and a feature on the uh, 93 expansion draft. Um, part two, I thought, was the most interesting part about... Uh, the, yeah, we, we forgot to do this, right? Uh, next week, uh, next show, we'll do this. The the players you would keep. There was a... Um, it's funny, uh, River Ave Blues, this Yankees site that I like a lot, Um Somebody asked them the question, what they do for the Yankees, and it was just like right on the money, exactly how I would have um, done it. And the 
shitty thing for the Yankees. I don't know if we can swear on this. I'm just realizing. Yes. Or if you want us to. Is that. God uh, damn it. No. <laughs> is that uh, Tanaka. Um, you, would not, you would not save him or would you? You have to. No trade clause. Oh, yeah. So to. under the rules, you'd have to s- keep Tanaka. You'd have to keep um, somebody else. Chapman, who I would probably not because of his contract. And worst of all, you'd have to keep Jacoby Ellsbury. Is it a no trade or what? As one of your first protected guys. Because he has a no trade? Yeah. Wow. That sucks. He would be the first guy to leave off. Yeah, because nobody will. I, I can't imagine a new team would want him. No, and you're... Uh, he'd be the, just, he's the Joe Mauer of the Twins. And then in that case, you basically have to leave Brett Gardner off and it's a whole yeah. thing. And um, Yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I was trying to think of how you'd build a team and... Boy, it'd be tough. It'd be very, very tough. I would like to see the pool of players you could select from. I don't know how the rules have changed from 93 to 98 to 20 years later. And uh, they had rules about minor league players and international players. I don't know how that would work or the 40-man roster. But it was basically you protect 15 guys first round. Mm. The two teams pick one guy from every team. So if somebody picks from the Brewers, Brewers are done. Mm -hmm. So first round, you get 15 guys. Second round, 15 guys. One player from every team have to be picked. Uh, second round, you protect five more guys, so you're up to 20, and it's really bare bones. I think um, round. thinking about it, I, I think mm. the easiest way to build a good team quickly or a contending team quickly, obviously sign free agents, but just go after relievers. Get seven just lights out relievers because those are more likely to not be protected. So in your first round, just yeah. say, I'm going to go after all these guys and then because your starting pitching is going to be Bad. weak and that's what i noticed in all the other expansions is starting pitching is the hardest thing to get um so if you just got a uh, good relief pitching and then you got a couple big bats who go unprotected i don't know who um if there's any was there any valuable player the twins are hard because they don't really they have a lot of guys who were drafted or it was very interesting how some of the uh this was kind of illegal uh, they kind of mentioned it was illegal but they talked to a team and said, okay, if we draft this guy, can we trade him to you? And then uh, we can get a guy we want from you. And they would do that. That was protected that they could not draft. So. That's how Bobby Bray was traded because um, I think he was a raise pick or yep. something. But, um, yeah, there's that. That seems like it never works out, though. <laughs> so or for the, It works out for the other team. But um, I think uh, it would be very challenging to do this from every team's perspective, but I'd like to see it. Um, I think it would be interesting. Uh, I have a really good feeling Irvin Santana would probably be left out there to dry if he kind of cooled off a bit. If it's at the end of this year, probably. Yeah. Yeah, because you're at the end be, of this year, yeah. But be a one-year deal. You could basically like... And if you're, you're a team, that might not be a guy to bad guy to pick up for one year. At twelve million, you'd yeah, be your ace. you'd oh, basically be, be building your team around though um, guys like uh, Darren O'Day and um, I don't know uh, Anthony Swarzak. Yeah, like that's what you do, and um, I think you could build a pretty, you could build a seventy-win team, which isn't bad in your expansion year. That's got to be so tough though. I don't envy those guys trying to put that together. Series this week of note, I think weekend series, Baltimore at Houston. Maybe uh, Baltimore goes on a big losing streak here. Perhaps. St. Louis at the uh, Colorado. Go Rockies. Yeah. Cubs-Dodgers. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of other kind of mediocre stinkers. Padres Nationals, oof, boy, that's not a good one. But yeah, we've this has happened a couple weekends in a row now. We've had some really stinky series, but whatever. Baseball's fun anyway. And we'll talk about it again. Memorial Day weekend, we'll be back, uh, not this weekend, but uh, the next weekend, first weekend of June. Maybe talked on that uh, expansion draft, who you would keep for the Yankees, who I would keep for the Twins, and uh, what else, the realignment or the uh, expansion divisions, what you would do, would any teams maybe switch leagues, how you would do the divisions, what teams would uh, switch divisions. We could do that, so check that out. Twitter, 20 underscore 80 podcast iTunes, podcast.com, the 2080 Baseball Podcast. Evan Hendershot, Travis Krentz.